This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. Radio, a podcast about cycling, health, music, art, and transformation. With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave the Rocket Richter. All right, episode number five of We Ride Why Radio. Rocket is not in the studio this week. I will be linking up with him via Skype in a few minutes. In the meantime, I want to let you know we have a really great episode, and we are celebrating Black History Month. We have a very special guest, Doc from Peace Peloton. He's going to be on the second half of the show. But before we get into it, I want to kick it off with a song from Cooking Bag from the Weedles Groove record, celebrating the great funk and soul from 1965 to 1975. From the CD, a.k.a. The Central District, Cooking Bag with This Is Me. All right, I am by myself in the studio all alone, and Rocket is out of town, and he is actually in the only warm place in the U.S. right now, Tucson. And, and so, so, Rocket, how you doing, first of all? How you doing, man? Oh, good, good. We're just snowbirding it down here. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, flying south, you know, finding the warm weather. Yeah, you're, 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 you're sun chasing is what you're doing, sun right? Sun chasing. Sun chasing. We found it. There, there's not much to chase it's all down here you know dude that's so cool so we got to give a little context so you originally this, this is crazy but you originally went to texas what were you thinking um because <laughs> you know what they're dealing with right now and yeah. um and then you said well this isn't gonna happen because of the weather and then you decided to kind of shift let's go to tucson so it's kind of like when you're out on a ride and and then something's blocking your, your route and then suddenly okay we're just gonna go this way then that's kind of what you yeah. did we did. We did. We did a race in Florida, and uh, that was fun. The weather was okay. It was cold for Florida. Weather, oh, really? It was, uh, yeah, the last day was great. Hmm. Um, but then we then we flew to Texas, to Crockett, Texas, or <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Texas, basically. Uh, for uh, We are looking forward to this really big event. Um, a lot of teams were there. It was a sold-out event. Um, 
but then the weather came and it got cold and uh rainy and yeah it was first first it was like seattle weather then it got beyond that it started getting really cold and uh then they canceled the race and as soon as they canceled the race we were like instantly packing you know we were like we got to get out of here wow and it's jennifer's great idea to to uh head to tucson because it's not that far short <laughs> flight they got sun and we could train for the week so we went down here and that's been great i mean wow. we're riding every day it's uh it's been chilly in the morning but it's it's tolerable right i mean i can't complain today i wore shorts and a jersey you know no arm warmers or anything so it was great no, that's nice for you because I can tell you in Seattle we ain't wearing that yet. <laughs> I know. I, f- I almost feel guilty looking at the pictures of Seattle with all the snow. And nah, it's okay, man. Enjoy it. We'll live vicariously through you on our trainers. Well, I did. I did freeze one day. We went up to Mount Lemon, yep. and uh, it goes over eight thousand feet. So oh, there's man. actually there's actually snow up there and um, froze my nuts off coming down. So, yeah. <laughs> dude, well, you're, you have such a low body fat percentage that it probably for some people like it, you probably get colder easier than, than others. I would imagine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm always the first, maybe not the first to complain, but definitely the first to get cold. <laughs> dude, I do not like cold weather. That That's my, that's my Achilles. I, I, I mean, I'm fortunate. I can, I can, if I have the right gear, I can ride in it, but no, I don't like it. Give me heat any day of the week. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. And it's if you can expect it too, it's not so bad. It's when you go somewhere nice and you expect decent weather, it's no good. It's like yeah. you, it feels worse. Yeah, but this is so cool. Now, have you been planning this excursion? Do you guys just say, hey, you know, we need to do some training? And obviously, there's not a lot of races happening here. You kind of looked up what was happening and you said, let's just go. Is that what you did, or did yeah. you kind of map I'll- it out? It was a little bit of both. Hmm. Um, we 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 did when we found out about the races. Jennifer again found out about those. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed some people that wanted needed the experience to go to those races wow, and that's great. Uh, get that good experience. So we sort of uh, instantly like got a posse together, and everyone's like, "Yeah, let's go." So that was uh, pretty quick thinking. We did that, um, but then the the Tucson part of it, we we sort of winged that. We didn't plan that at all. Um, wow. And that's, and that's yeah, that's like what I said. Jennifer had a great idea and. We, we just said, that sounds great. And we mm-hmm. did it, and we've all had a great time. There's a nice community down here, too, a lot of group rides. Um, but I've been down here usually once a year, every year. I always do the El Tour de Tucson. Mm-hmm. used to do it with uh, with clients and then sponsors. and Nice. Just, by, just, just because it was fun, too. So it was a great grand fondo. And you were joined by other Founties? Yeah, we have a nice little crew down. It's down to, we got three in the house now. At one point, we had seven or eight eight people mm. down here yeah That's but now so we're cool. down to now we're down to three and a half four, four. you dropped them all man <laughs> last standing no that's that, that's so cool man you know i've been following the instagram and seeing you know kind of what you've been up to and it's just beautiful incredible writing like and different from the northwest right but still it is equally beautiful in a different way right yeah i i love it too because of that because it's like the opposite of seattle it's like yeah. seattle's a little you know moist and wet and cold yeah and it's super dry and hot <laughs> here you know so yeah. cactus you know I mean, our evergreens are their cactus. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's not something you get to do every day. Where haven't you ridden? Well, I I had not done a lot of riding in Florida. I think I did Hmm. one race in my career in Florida, and that was, you know, when I was racing professionally. I was just one race real quick one day. So up till now, I hadn't really been to Florida much. Um, But I think I've pretty much raced everywhere. I haven't raced in the Dakotas. There's no races there, but I bet they have some There's good gravel. There's no nothing there, man. <laughs> I know. It might be good for gravel. Yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to ask you, so you haven't raced in a while. You're you're somebody that, well, if I can't race, I'll do this or I'll create my own challenges, right? But how does it actually feel, you know, to get in a race again? Oh, yeah. It just kind of, it's like jumpstarting the system again, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, this is great. Get you fired up. What's next? Uh, what's next? We're going to finish up here for a few more days in, in Tucson, and then we're going to head back home, get the mail. <laughs> Play with uh, Wolfie. Wolfie's on along on this trip, so that's Oh, he is. So, yeah. so Jen kept her so, promise. She said she's never going to go on a trip without Wolfie again. That's true. We've He's been he's been all over with us. He's doing good. We brought him to, uh, instead of a babysitter, for the first time we brought him to a daycare place. Um, he's a little underage. He's supposed to be two, but he's, you know, he's... <laughs> he's 19 months now so he's been close <laughs> but uh he had a good time oh, although great. today he did he did get in his first fight so really like, uh yeah him and them other some other uh youngster started scrapping and they uh-huh. uh they had to take a 
take a little time out <laughs> when we when we when we picked them up today, they were sitting in a room alone together, looking oh. at each other. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious! I'm was, getting the visual yeah. on that right now in my yeah, head. It was that, pretty cute. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're gonna have uh, Wolfie when he's older. He's gonna be a co-host eventually here. You know. Yeah, we'll you have know. To, it. How's the race schedule looking for 2020 in the Pack Northwest? It's it's still uh, up in the air a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, just like everything, I guess uh, yeah. these days. But but we do have um, on tap uh, early March. There's a race in Northern California, a gravel race. Nice. It's a pretty big one. All the hitters will be there. Um, so we're scheduled to do that. Mm, um, great. At, at least four or five of us are going down for that. So that would be really fun to have some teammates. That's cool. Um, yeah, 100 miles on the gravel, half gravel, half road. And then after that, uh, it's kind of up in the air for a bit. So we yeah. might even, who knows, we might have another excursion. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, it's like, I got to get out on the road, man. Um, yeah. but you know, I yeah. have a feeling that you'll be in the studio less during, during, you know, the next several months and we'll have to be doing more of these, uh, our podcast remotely. Yeah. Because, but that's mm-hmm. cool though, because then you can share with the audience all the adventures you're having. And, uh, I'm jealous, man. It, it's it's awesome. You're living the you're living the dream, literally. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool. We had a, a coyote yesterday, uh, just running with us on the road. Well, in front of us, but for like, you know, 500 yards, it stayed on the road and ran. It was kind of cool. Wow. Shannon and I saw a wild boar. Yeah. Um, a big wild boar. That was kind of cool. Like, what was a highlight for you? What so far? I mean, you're still going, but what what's a highlight been a highlight for you? Um, I think just just being getting back to racing is the big highlight. Yeah, just um, being... yeah, just it felt normal again. That's the first mm. time I felt normal in, in over a year. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that was great, and it was like you know everybody you know they had the protocol for you know the area with the masks and everything, and you know we plan on quarantining when we get home too, just to make sure everything's safe. But but you know once you, once you get out there. You, you, you forgot about the pandemic when we started racing, which was really cool. You know, that, the thing is, I was sharing this with somebody the other day, you know, with COVID and everything, like the only time I feel completely normal is when I'm on my bike because I'm out in life. I see people walking, living their lives. I see other cyclists. And in, in those mm-hmm. few hours and I'm riding, there's no COVID. There's just life happening. And then I go back home and it, and it kind of hits me. But when we're out together training or riding, it's... Uh, it does feel normal. Now, ra- yeah, you're, yeah. you're a racer, so you not being able to race, um, or, or and and the folks that are the heavy hitters that that they just love it with a passion, and them not being able to do it has to be uh, challenging, I would imagine, to say the least. Oh, for sure, for, for sure. You know, uh, there's one you can always ride your bike hard and challenge yourself and push yourself, mm-hmm. but there's something to competition, right? Where when yeah. you have other people that are not in your crew, you know, because ultimately for me, it's like even when I'm pushing, you know, you know, my teammates, it's, I'm trying to help them. You right. Know? Whereas, you know, true competition, you're not always trying to help. You're trying to beat them, you know, you're trying to win. Right. And that's what, that's, that's the missing element, you know? So it's a matter of how many simulations we do. It's not the same as, uh, you know, a true race. So I want to talk about this because you're a coach, man. And, and yeah, you're at a point in your life, you've won, you've achieved things and, and you still like to, but it seems to me that you get the greatest joy now at this point in your life, this next progression in your career mm. is helping others achieve what they want to achieve in the sport, whatever it is. It could be people like me that just want to be stronger and be able to ride with, with right. stronger riders and do a little racing or, you know, the other folks on the club who, who racing is their thing. That is, that is the reason they cycle. And, it seems to me that that's where your priority is, is about them, not so much on yourself in terms of you winning, but you showing others how to win. And then when, like you, like we stated earlier, when they win, you win. Right. You said it exactly. I mean, that, that is so true where I am right now. My life is, is just that it's like, it's harder to help somebody else win than to help yourself to to win yourself. At Mm -hmm. least for me, you know, I've all these years of practice and doing things, but to take what I've learned and teach somebody else, mm-hmm. it, it's even more special. You know, it's like, it's, it's harder to do. And when you do it and it works, it makes you feel like you did it Yeah. Um, for the first time, for the first time, you know, like it's like winning for the first time again. And, and again, we'll go back to the bigger message here. 
teamwork ma- makes the dream work. You look at any mm-hmm. great sports team, you look at any great business, mm-hmm. it's not a bunch of collective, you know, talented superstars doing their thing. It's getting talented people or maybe people that aren't as talented, but all working together toward a common goal and all being in alignment mm-hmm. with it and then do, taking the actions necessary to execute. Those are the, those are the teams that win. If you win, if you work together, the glory comes and then everybody gets to share in that and, and, and oh, bask yeah. in that. And that is a lot more satisfying to me. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, mo- most of the superstar athletes that, you know, like haven't won championships in their career, you always see at the end of their career, they, they are willing to sacrifice whatever to, to get that championship. Yeah. Meaning, you know, if it's, if it's less pay or uh, a team where they don't necessarily want to live or, yep. you know, th- but they, they want to do what it takes, you know, and, and that's what you need for yeah. any championship team is, you know, role players like, Hey, I'm not very good shooter, but man, I could rebound the ball, you know, Dennis Rodman, you know, so like he has a role. And if you take that guy that scores only two points a game, but does, you know, 20 rebounds, it's like if you put him in a role that he can excel at that, that's where, you know, you're going to get the most out of him. And then you get, you know, somebody that can score, somebody that can pass, you know, but even with all that too, you do need a leader, you know, somebody that needs to put it, piece it all together and, and make sure this team is, you know, firing on all cylinders. That's right. You need leadership. And that's one thing I forgot, I left out. Very important component. Yeah, you got to have everybody working together, but you have to have somebody that's making sure everybody's working together and instilling that philosophy. And that is the coach and that is you. And, um, yeah. you know, the thing about found, I, I've talked to other racing teams and, and I go and I said I was straight up. I go, you want to know why Fount wins is because everybody because everybody's willing to put in the work. They they train together and they do what the coach tells them to do. Right. That's it. Right. That's direction. all it is. Yeah. And 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 they're Simple. and yes, they're talented. But but the bottom line is, there's a lot of talented riders, a lot of strong riders. But why do they win? Why do they dominate? Because they have mm-hmm. a commitment. They said this is what they're committed to. It. They have stated their commitment, and they have a coach that's aligned with their commitment, and they have a, a structure to fulfill on that commitment, and they put in the time. And again, you know, if you're going to be really good, and, and this is like, you know, you and I have talked about martial arts, you have to listen and, mm-hmm. and, and get rid of what you think you know and what's in your brain and your ego and empty your cup and let it be filled with the right stuff. Because if you do, success comes. I can just say personally as a cyclist, as you being coaching me for over a year and a half now. I mean, I can, I can see the tangible results because, and I don't, I don't work the perfect program, but, but I, mm-hmm. I try to stay within the realm of what, what you're, what you're demanding within the context of the schedule of my life and everything else. It, it, talent's just a, one component. There's so many talented athletes, but who are the ones that, that are the great ones? The Wayne Gretzky's, the Jordans, mm-hmm. they're the ones that see, people don't realize that Michael Jordan, after practice would go home and for hours analyze tape Mm -hmm. not not for what not for what was wrong but what was missing like if he had that thing like if i had that one thing how would my game be elevated and 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 i shared with you the story about wayne gretzky about how his dad who, who coached him used to have him stand on one foot per hour with a skate on to simply strengthen his lower leg so he could his balance was better Right. Little fundamental stuff. That's mm-hmm. I see you that way. Yeah, I mean the answers. You know the great answers are usually always the simple answer. You know, mm. <laughs> it's right. It's right in front of you. It's not a complicated, <laughs> simple. Yeah, that's the one thing I think, Rocket. Your one thing that you do really well for me, and I think pretty much everybody that you coach is you make it simple. That's what it has to be to be sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's easy. To, easy to do a program for whatever a month or two months and maybe even get burned out, you know, yeah. but it's gotta be, it's that, like you said, it's gotta fit into your lifestyle. You know, yeah. if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, you're not going to do it at least for, you know, you're not going to sustain that. No. So it's, it's gotta fit. And you gotta have, and you gotta love it. You gotta, you gotta enjoy it. And if you, and when you start to see results and you start to get better and you look at your numbers and your numbers improved, it's really fun, man. It's really cool. And, 
again, you, you take the same mentality into, into the other areas of your life. And I think that that's what I think is special about Fount. It's going to be fun, man. I don't know what's going to happen this year with, with COVID, but you know what, whatever it is, we're going to have fun. And we're going to be riding our bikes and we're going to be riding hard and we're going to be training hard. I do know that. We are trying. Yeah. Because that's where we're unstoppable. You know, if there's not something mapped out and we're not clear on what's going to happen, we still do what we do. And uh, yeah, I would, and be ready I mean, for when, when it does happen. It's a healthy thing. You know, it's like even this time of the pandemic, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying like, I thought I'd start riding my bike because... I've never caught the flu from somebody riding the bike, so yeah. I probably won't catch COVID. You know, it's like, and it's so true if you think about it like that. Yeah. It's like when, you know, you don't see. First of all, if you're sick, you're probably not going to be riding a bike. No, I mean, I, I pretty much my social life uh, when I'm around a lot of people has been on my bike. I mean, either in the you know marches over the summer, you know, some of our training sessions, our rides, um, and when I go out and ride, and I, I mean, so far so good. Personally, I think I think that the issues are folks being indoors in close proximity with no ventilation right in each other's faces that's probably not good but we're not doing right. that i mean we're out in the no. wide open and i think generally we're, we're yeah. healthy but yeah i have not heard of any cases um because people mm. were outdoors doing activities together yeah so rocket we got to bring this up because i sent you a, a a message that the uci has outlawed super tuck that's one thing. I've, I mean, I've ridden in the Super Tuck. I've ridden in the Super Tuck with you. And I felt completely safe. And, and I knew what I was doing. You know, you have to practice it. And you have to know when to do it and know when it's safe. But I never felt it was dangerous. I mean, I, there's a lot more things dangerous than that. What, I mean, what do you think? Oh, well, first of all, I can't wait to race because the first thing I'm going to do right in front of a uh, official is super tuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to be the first one to get DQ'd for super tucking so I can take it to court. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think it's, I want to be I think there. It's ridiculous rule. Yeah. And, and I, if they're trying to say that, that they're trying to make the sport safe, that's BS. I mean, the safe the sport is not generally not safe. It's like we're yeah. riding around in freaking Lycra you know, with, right. with the cheesy little helmet on, I yeah. mean, that's, it is sort of a dangerous sport. It I mean, is. It's not a contact sport, but, um, anybody that's ridden long enough and mm. hard enough and raced, they know that it's I, a dangerous sport and you're probably going to crash. So, yeah. so if they're really worried about safety, I don't think they're coming at it at the right angle. And second of all, it's like, how are they supposed to know the abilities, right? Like you said, there's some people that can super tuck that have, are in total control of the bike. Yeah. And at, at any time they're going to, you know, be safe, stable around everyone else, not just themselves for themselves. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can't tell a driver how to, how to drive, like, Oh, you can't drive with one hand or you can't drive with, you know, in a Tesla cause it has a big screen on it or, you know, I don't know. There's just like, they can't tell people how to do something. They can issue, you know, speed limits and traffic, you know, laws, but I don't think they can tell you how you can ride your bike. You know, they can't, yeah. what's the next, are they going to tell you, you can't point your toes or you can't push hard or what, you know, yeah. like you, you got to have, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it just seems <laughs> ridiculous that they can tell you how to ride a bike. They can allow, you know, parameters for the bicycle itself for the mm -hmm. equipment, but they can't tell the rider how to ride the equipment. You know, I agree. As long as they're not hurting anyone. And, they, and I don't, and there, and there's, as far as I know, there's no, there's no proof of super tuck causing crashes. You know, I think people crash more just casually riding. You're right, man. There's no data to support it. And we're a data driven sport. I don't get it. I, I mean, there where most of the crashes happen is because of, uh, in the sprint area, as you know, and sometimes the courses are just poorly done. There's more danger there than a rider in a super tuck. That's a great point. Where is the data to support because because that's what you gotta go by. Like like if if seatbelts save millions of lives, that's data, right? Like that's, there you go. that's straight data. So so you need to wear your seatbelt, right? So the same thing happened. You should be in cycling. Like if if there's this pandemic of crashes, you know, happening because of the super tuck, mm -hmm. then yeah, like no more super tuck. But yeah, what but... even is a super tuck, right? And so now people are going to be hanging off the bike and not technically sitting on the top tube, right. so it's not a super tuck, you know. So it's like, how do you enforce that? You're right. You know? I mean, 
And and the other thing is, this says the rules in effect starting April first. Is it is it all just a joke? I'm trying to understand who initiated it, who drove it to the, to the point, and was an advocate for those rules. I just want to know and why. Yeah, I mean, I was watching a race in France just last week, mm-hmm. uh, pro race, and the guy that won did both the super tuck and and the uh, hands arrow hand position, you know, hmm. on the bars. It's like, but that's not why he won, you know. No. It's just, but, but, it just like I don't. I it's just they're so frustrated that they'd even ban uh, that, you know. I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to understand and it, it, what drove the decision, really. You know, besides what they tell us. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to ride into Super Tuck when I do my <laughs> thing. So, because that's right. Well, yeah. we'll see. I want to be there. Tell me what race you're going to race when you do the Super Tuck. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm serious about it, though. It's like if the first person that gets actually DQ'd for Super Tucking, I feel like that's going to be the end of the rule because somebody's going to fight it. And it's, I, they, I hope it's you. You know, they can't tell. Yeah, I hope it is too. <laughs> but anyway, I hope it's a lot of people. But I hope it's you. I hope you're like the first one, and then you get like you, you get fa- you know more famous for it or something. I don't know. And then it and then it changes right. the rules for everybody. Yeah, the rocket rule. The rocket, the rocket rule. rule. Like, like super tuck is okay. Yeah, super tuck. It's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
so Rocket, I got a really special guest on today, and, and we've talked about it. This is Black History Month, and we want to honor Black History Month. Uh, I've had the opportunity to participate in the Peace Peloton in Seattle, and it was amazing. I've done a few of them, and it is an amazing community event. It's not ridden at a brisk pace. It's really about going through the community on bikes and literally five to 600 people, we were all wearing masks, going through different neighborhoods and honoring the history, the black history of Seattle. And our guest today is longtime Seattle cyclist Reginald Doc Wilson, and he started the Peace Peloton. And we're going to talk to him about uh, Black History Month and what Peace Peloton means to the community, how it got started. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, Skype him in right now. Hey, Doc. Hey. Hey, how you doing, brother? I am well. Rocket is in Tucson. He was in Texas, but they got snowed out, so they made immediate trek to Tucson. They've been racing in Tucson. So he's on with us. Right on. Right yeah. On. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. But yeah, man, we, we wanted to do something special because it's Black History Month. And Rocket is a huge proponent of and supporter of Major Taylor Project. I am too. And I got to participate in the Peace Peloton with you this last summer. It was amazing. And it really touched my heart, you know. And it was, I learned some things about the rich black history in Seattle that I did not know. And also, it was just a lot of fun. And we we're out yeah. on our bikes. We we're listening to music. It's summertime. And it was just the celebration of community and diversity and the history. And I just want to know how you came up with this idea and how it all got started. Oh, wow. Um, so do, you, do you know Ed Ewing? Yeah. Okay. So Ed and I were invited on the Ron and Don show. They have a podcast. Yeah, Ron and Don. And They're cyclists too. Or Ron is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big so supporter of Major they, Taylor Project. They invited us on their show uh, because it was it was right around the time that George Floyd was murdered. So yeah. they wanted to talk and, you know, they wanted to hear our perspective. And uh, fast forward to the end of the program, the, the question, you know, how interviewers ask, yeah, do you have any parting words? Do you have anything to say? And Ed went first. And then I made up Peace Peloton right then and there. Wow. I just <laughs> said. I said, hey, man, we're going to do this bike ride this weekend. Uh, it, it was a Wednesday when the podcast was uh, – when we were uh, air, uh, doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was – I said, hey, we're going to do this ride on Saturday. And it's in support of uh, uh, economic reform and uh, health care reform and all these different reforms. And invite all your friends. And we're going to be there, man. And we're going to – you know, we're going to light this city up. I was making that up on the fly. I made up the name. <laughs> I made up everything. And then after, Ed called me and said, dude, what the fuck is going on? Because I, I didn't tell, didn't tell me. Yes. Anyway, uh, Saturday comes around. Uh, my partner helps me to you know, make up some flyers and, and word art or whatever uh, she used. And we called a couple friends to you know, bring coffee. And we thought... You know, maybe 20, 30 people will show up. Who's going to show up on, you know, Saturday, ride a bicycle? It was, a little, it was, it was nice. Anyway, uh, people kept coming. And by the time we took off, we had about 450 yeah. cyclists. It was just this, it was this sight. Oh, wow. And Ed and I were looking at each other like, oh, dude. And <laughs> my, my girlfriend and her two kids were there. And we were just all... We were all on fire, man, and we we took it from there. Uh, mm. So from there, we we did it again the next week, and then we had this rhythm of a, uh, an event every two weeks. But what I want to emphasize, and I, I think this is where there's some confusion. We're not a bike club. We're not a right. bicycling organization. We're an economic development organization. Mm. So our yeah, our mission is economic reform for Black people. That's powerful. Yeah, and we, we do that through our three programs. Uh, the Fresh Air program, which mm -hmm. you're familiar with, uh, bike rides. Yep. Uh, our Equity and Inclusion program and our overall uh, Business Catalyst program. Mm. So, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a real it's, – it's hard to believe that we just started this in June wow. of last year. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I, I'll tell you, um, 
with everything that was going on, and I'm a cyclist, and, and I saw what you're doing, I go, this is cool. I want to somehow get involved. But, uh, I want to get out in the community, and, I, and what better way than on a bike, and, and also support mm-hmm. black-owned businesses. And I participated in, and it was just magical, and I, I, I went and I came back for a few. And I, the last one I did was, um, I think it was Halloween weekend. Or was oh, the weekend right that was amazing. I don't mm-hmm. know how many riders, but how many riders do we have that day? Uh, we average about 300 riders per ride. Wow. I think that about day there was at least yeah. five to 600 because it was a beautiful day. I, I get my workout in too because what I like to do is I'll ride with the Peloton, but I like to actually ride up ahead and then stop the traffic and then and then let, let all the group go and then tra- and then boom, shoot up again. So I get my workout in uh-huh. too. And it helps uh, <laughs> be in service to the cause, you know. But and, and just the, the group and making sure they're safe doing that. But no, it was amazing, man. It was a, a magical cool. day. How did you come up with the idea to, to stop at different stopping points? And then because like there was one day, but we stopped and then a speaker came out and, yeah. and shared some history and something that I didn't even know and, and educating a huge portion of us that were not aware of the impact yeah. that his organization has made. Odessa Brown, Ben Danielson, he's the clinic director. I reached out to him and told us about our organization and this and our fresh air event, and he was all on board. What when I'm identifying uh, people who are going to speak to our speak to the group Mm -hmm. or speak to the moment, I want to make sure that it it somehow addresses our mission of economic reform for Black people. He spoke about the rich history of the Odessa Brown Clinic and how health is inextricably linked to economic success. Amen. If you're not healthy, you can't make money. You can't run a business. True. You can't you know, go to work. So he's just a phenomenal uh, human being, uh, very real, well-respected in, in Seattle and in the medical community. Well, the, the other thing we try to do with our routes is take them through through neighborhoods of historical black significance, mm-hmm. like in Madrona, where yeah. the Black Panther Party movement started. We had right. Elmer Dixon speak at one of our uh, events at Green Lake. Wow. He's the he's the founder of the Seattle chapter of the Black Panther Party. Wow, just an incredible person. And the more people hear about us, the more the word gets shared around. It's people are now calling us. Like, yeah. hey, we we about what's going on, man. We wanna we have a message to share, and we give we allow people to have a voice. So you did that impromptu uh, podcast with a, a comment at the end there with Ed, and uh, you yeah. had the ride, and then all these people show up. You had no idea there would be that many people to show up, and I, I imagine the first thing in your head is like, "What? Well, we got to do another one." When did it When did it hit you where you were like, "Wow, this could be." A, a thing this could we need a website we need social media when i'm sure that went through your head too yeah we did our first ride was on june 6th mm-hmm. and the second ride was on june 13th so we thought for sure there's no way people are going to show up in numbers 350 Again, yeah. people 350 showed up that's cool. when i thought okay let's let's get our heads together and figure out what we're going to do with this energy and mm-hmm. we're now we're here. We've got, you know, uh, sponsors. REI is our sponsor. EF Pro Cycling is a sponsor. What? Yeah, we've got. This just it feels really good that people appre- not just appreciate what we're doing, but want to be a part of advancing what we do. Yeah, it's long overdue, you know. And, and me being in the you know racing my whole life, there's there's the absence of black people in racing, right? And it's like. Yeah. They're, it's it's not a, it's not a lack of athletes. They're going to football, mm-hmm. baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. or whatever. So from a cycling aspect, it's like it's it's you're very underrepresented, you know. And to see see people of color on bikes more, it means that you know in the future is going to be even great. You know, it's going to they're going to be yeah. way better athletes coming out of uh, in the black communities. Yeah, we've got uh, there's a group in Seattle. Uh, it's called North Star Cycling. Oh yeah. It's ha- mm-hmm. yeah. Are you guys familiar? Oh yeah. Now we want to have them on. We're going to have them on too. They're on our list. They're on the list. Yeah. Edwin Lindo and Aaron Bossett, man. Incredible gents. Their mission is pretty simple. We want to get black people on bikes. Yeah. And they're, they're partnering with Medier and a lot of other bike organizations in the city. They're doing really, really good work. So I am wholeheartedly in support of what they do. Just they're, they're making things happen. Yeah. They're making a lot of really good. They're getting uh, people on bikes. I was excited when we partnered with 
uh, EF Pro Cycling, and they donated uh, TJ Van Garderen's Tour de France bike. Nice. It was, and I, I rode this bike, man, and, and you think that the bike can't be that more advanced than, you know, what a, a regular high-end bike off the rack <laughs> here somewhere, too. This bike was just... <laughs> It was like butter. All the accoutrement. Yeah, we were really grateful. And then, so we had a, uh, a raffle for the bike, and we sold uh, tickets. We raised about $10,000. And then we had TJ on video uh, call the winner out. That was, uh, yeah, that was a really cool experience. You know, Chelsea from Rafa, um, I know you, they're they're really excited about what you're doing. They're partners uh, of ours. And so, yeah, I just think it's really great that you're making these great connections in the community. I love North Star. I'm out riding. Sometimes I run into those guys. It's great. The passion yeah. is real, and, it, and, it's, and it's powerful. And they're going to make a difference. They already are making a difference, they but are. they're going to make a yeah. huge difference. Are they local or are they a national club they're local i'm not sure how long they've been around hmm. probably around the same time as uh peace peloton i just came to know them because they showed up at one of our events and then yeah. ed ewing knows everybody so i also yeah. met them through ed but they're just they're quality dudes man and yeah. they just all they want to do is just get yeah. on a bike just like us yeah. man yeah and i love you know peace peloton is is not all about the bike but you know it has the word peloton in there for sure so <laughs> there's yeah. definitely some yeah. tra transition there and yeah. it's like a primer to get people's attention really you know yeah Rocket, we were talking about the lack of and this conversation comes up especially when i'm talking to the guys at north star the lack of representation mm -hmm. of black cyclists in the pro at the pro cycling level yep this is yeah. just there's a significant barrier to entry when you pass a certain level, right? Yeah. Because now, if you don't have a sponsor, uh -huh. yep, you know what I mean? You Economics, pay, right. Yeah, you got to pay for these super expensive bikes. You have to train, which costs yeah. money. And that's all you can do, right? You know, you, you're you a, a oh, cyclist, sure. so you can't have a full-time yeah. job. Cycling is your fucking full-time job. Yeah. So it's just that's that right. barrier of entry right. is just... That's uh, it's a high bar, man. And this reminded me too. You know, that's what we're trying to do in the long run <laughs> is make it so, so uh, it, it's a lot easier, especially for juniors too. You mm -hmm. know, if you're a kid, kid now, even up to high school, to join football or baseball, all you got to do is you know get a, a a few dollars in equipment, which, which could be even loaned. You need a baseball glove and some cleats, you know. Yeah. Whereas cycling, you you need a if you want to be competitive, you need thousands of dollars for a bike, and yeah. then all the kits. You know, you need more than one kit. It's like it's a, it, the money barrier is yep. huge, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, without a sponsor. So so we want to make it so it's like maybe when these kids are growing, too, they they have a loaner bike. It's their bike, but they got to take care of it, yeah. you know, and then once they outgrow it, they turn it in, you know, and some other the smaller kids get it. Um, but just to take away that barrier, if you take away that barrier. Then yeah. all of a sudden you got a much higher level of uh, depth in in the talent pool. Well, Major Taylor Project, I think, does a great job in, in terms of working with certain youth that can't afford bikes or, or maybe a, a generation that, that maybe they, they don't have the skills to play high school football or soccer, but, but they, they have a desire to be an athlete and they have a desire to compete or push themselves. And, and Major Taylor Project, you know, not only provides the bike and the training, but an event like, like I remember going down to Seattle to Portland at the finish line. There was the, the kids from the Major Taylor Project. They had trained together to be able to complete, you know, that STP in, in one day. And I just thought that was amazing because, again, it, there's, there's definitely economic barriers that prohibit uh -huh. um, individuals, certain individuals from getting into the sport. Hockey, it's the same thing. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of economic barriers that prevent black athletes maybe from going to hockey because of ice time and all the equipment. And then, and then you outgrow your skates and then a year you need another pair of skates and they're $500. I mean, your whole hockey uniform is the yeah. cost of a bike probably. Yeah. So there's that, yeah. you know, so I get it. I lived in DC for 15 years and I mm. remember going to see the premiere of a documentary and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a pro cyclist who I think he was from California and he went to Africa. Hmm. And he saw, I think he was in Rwanda. And I cannot, for the life of me, it's, it's, I think the name of the, the documentary is Rising from the Ashes or something, Phoenix hmm. from the Ashes, something like that. Yeah. So he went to uh, th this country in East Africa and he saw these young uh, African men riding like these shitty bikes 
but they were going 20 miles and they were averaging like 15, 17 miles an hour. And he was in awe and he set up this training facility for them. And two of the gents at the end of the documentary went on to the pro level and even went to the Olympics. Yeah. Mm. One of the gents was, uh, one of the young men was uh, a mountain biker. Mm. And then another one was, yeah, these stories like that. That's the type those are the types of uh, ingredients that are going to make up the formula that are going to get more young black people, men and w- young black men and women on bicycles. Mm. You gonna... see somebody who looks like you, who's doing the thing that can. That's inspire. right. Yeah. That's what's going to encourage you to do it. On a on a totally different tangent, um, I, you know, the one thing that I notice in all the Peace Peloton is like everybody's so happy, right? Like, <laughs> and yeah. it, like, and and that's hard to do. But I was just wondering, what do you think that ingredient? Why why do you think that at the at your rallies that everybody's smiling so much and so happy i mean you don't see that often on at at a Um, get together like that that's a great question Uh, again there yeah i agree Uh, again there are a lot of ingredients one people have been sort of isolated and they're they crave community as humans we crave community Mm -hmm. uh two bicycles are so disarming you don't hear any yeah. horror stories about drive-by cyclists, <laughs> that sort of thing, right? It's, you know, people show up to our events from all ages, backgrounds. We're all welcoming. Uh, I think the mm-hmm. other thing is uh, we're careful about making sure we keep the elevation game below 700 feet. Um, anything over that, you know, we've got beginners yeah. riding. Yeah. If you don't enjoy mm-hmm. yourself, you're not going to come back. Mm. So right. That, yeah, that's a, another thing. And then our no drop policy. We're like, we're, no one mm-hmm. in this ride is going to get dropped. And, and we've had 14 rides. And we've got uh, over 3,500 people who've shown up. We haven't had one person who we've left behind. Not that I know of anyway. Oh, that's great. And I monitor our sweeps, right? The yeah. last person in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, we're proud of that record. We want to make sure our rides are... The, the fourth thing is, or a fifth thing, our rides average like eight miles an hour. Yeah. Right? So they're very slow. Yeah. I remember the first time uh, Edwin and Aaron came out <laughs> and they brought some of the North Star crew. They're like, man, I don't know if this is for me. You guys are too slow. I'm like, we're too slow on purpose. So there's yeah. no so there's no super tucking in one of these. <laughs> None of that. None of that. Yeah. We were just talking Everybody, about that earlier. <laughs> Everybody is welcome. And if, again, man, I emphasize that fun piece. That's in our yeah. mission. Access community fun. Yeah. We want to emphasize that fun piece. If you're around a lot of people, man, and you get that energy around you, and everybody yeah. is like on one accord, and you're bringing this, these diverse thoughts and interests and culture together, man, people just want to enjoy. Yeah, man. And we just we set the stage for that. Yeah. No, it is fun. And, and you know, I want to come out and represent our club and the racing community. And, Do it. You know, I, I love doing it. it. Yeah. So I may, I get my work. Like I said, I get my workout in because I kind of sprint ahead and, and help with the traffic. But, right you know, even if it's slow, then afterwards, I'll just go out and ride at my own pace. But the thing is, it's not a, it's not a workout. It's like I'm present to the fact that I am I'm part of a community and we're out celebrating life. We're on our yeah. bikes. It, it was like being a kid again. You know, it was like yeah. that pure joy, you know, and that freedom and that sense of community. And then I, and I love afterwards you have, usually we'll meet for some lunch or a barbecue or, or beer or beer. I don't drink, but, <laughs> but that's cool. I, you know, yeah. but I, I, I like to eat after a long ride, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that, I love that. And, and, you know, doc, this is another example and this is why we're doing this podcast and this is why I'm making my film. Um, and this is why rocket started found. It's just another way that cycling can serve the community and make a positive difference in the world. It's just another way. And, and, and there's no limitations, but this is an important issue. What, what you're doing is it's God's work, man. And in conjunction with what Major Taylor Project's doing and North Star, and you combine those three elements, that's that's powerful, man. Yeah. 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 I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm so excited about our our venture into other other cities. Yeah, we're going to New Orleans, oh, awesome. DC, yeah. and Chicago. Yeah. I was gonna ask because to me, I think you got something. I think you got a national movement here. 
we're going to New Orleans and we're going to Chicago. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> New York and so, Boston and L.A. <laughs> Come on now. So, we, may, we may show up and nobody shows up, but I will be there. Yeah. Right? So that's what matters, man. We yeah. just want—I want to make a difference, and I, I want to recruit it. as many people to make the type of difference that leaves a, a legacy of of positivity to the, the folks who come after us. I remember yeah. talking to this guy the other day about what I was doing. He's with Africa Town here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he's from Ghana. And in this this this. Uh, West African accent, he says, Doc, you are planting the seeds for the trees that provide shade oh. for those who come before you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Amen, they're going to they're gonna enjoy the shade, but you're just planting the seeds now. I dig that, man. Oh, yeah. I dig, I dig that, yeah, too. Nice. Well, I can't, right I can't add that. to that. Well, Doc, we're going to have you on again, and, and we are a huge fan of what you're doing we support what you're doing i'll you'll see me out there and we'll have you back on the podcast and anything that we can do to to promote what you're up to and 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 evangelize the sport that we love we're we're up for it right rocket that's right yeah just share our instagram post man we're our next ride is our next fresh air is uh february 27th we're going from this is the longest one uh, this, uh, uh, we're starting in Shoreline at uh, Black Coffee Northwest, and we're coming all the way to West Seattle. It's twenty. Oh, nice. A little over 20, 24 miles or so. Wow. Yeah, we're going. We're going to end at Jones Barbecue, and we're also partnering with West Seattle Brewing. Guys, thank you so much. Dude, thank you. Yes, I will follow up with you and let you know how you can support. But that's awesome, brother. Getting the word out, that's the number one way you can do it right now. All right, man. Thank you right. so much for coming on and keep up the great work. Right now, man. Thank you. you Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, brothers. Doc. I just want to be like myself. I just want to be Sisters and brothers, listen to me. Wake up, time is near. Where will you be? Talking revolution. What do you mean? No solution Pull and more confusion Yeah I just wanna be Like myself I just wanna be Like myself Little boy blue come blow your horn Sheep's in the meadow All right, well, Rocket, hey, that was pretty cool talking to Doc, and I love what they're doing in the community. What do you think? Oh, I love it. It's like it's it's great when you get these these movements that have uh, parallels in our own lives, you know, like we yeah. talked about Fount trying to do something similar in a different way, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was great. Yeah, I tell you, man, um, we got to love our sport 
and and our activity and, and and our community because there's so many different ways to enjoy cycling and there's so many different ways to make a positive difference with it and that's what we're all about here at uh we ride why and found and this podcast spreading the gospel spreading the gospel of fellowship (laughs) hey man i know uh you're gonna get back to wolfie and jen i wish you safe travels to wherever your next destination is and folks if you want to keep up on the adventures of uh rocket and crew folks can go out to the instagram page and that is the fount instagram page and there's some beautiful photos and fun videos and you can get a little taste of where they're up to out on the road all right rocket well you have a good one and uh we'll talk to you soon i'll see you soon greg i want to thank rocket for linking up I want to thank Doc for being on the show, and, and he's doing some great stuff with Peace Peloton. And there is a Peace Peloton coming up Saturday, February 27th. And if you want more information on Peace Peloton and you want to get involved, go to peacepeloton.com. That is peacepeloton.com to make a difference in our community. And most of all, We want to thank you for listening because without you, we're just two guys sitting in rooms talking to ourselves. And it's fun, but it's a lot more fun with you. We hope you enjoyed the music on the show today. And if you want to know who those artists are, go to iTunes, Spotify, and check out Weedle's Groove, Seattle's finest in funk soul, 1965 to 1975. Speaking of Weedle's Groove, I'm going to leave you with a song from Overton Berry, who passed away October 19th. I got a chance to see him play at Bumper Shoot a few years, and here's his classic version of the Beatles, Hey Jude. Until next time, peace, love, cycling, health, art, music, and transformation. This is We Ride Wide Radio. Y Radio, thank you for riding with us.